0: Oh man, I'm feeling good. Hey everybody, my name is Nate Hammond and this is Educate This, a podcast for educators, teachers, coaches, mentors and more. If you are into education, whether that's educating the one or educating the masses, this podcast is for you. You know who you are, I won't bang on anymore. Let's get on with it. Sponsored by Qualifying Now, TAE Specialists. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. He said it. There was no way in hell that he was going to lay his 2.5 meter tall body into a perspex coffin on what the hosts were calling the wheel of death. I was participating as a stand-in, which is basically someone who does a dummy run for celebrities on the popular UK version of the reality show. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here! Now, for those who may be unaware, this is a show where a group of celebrities live together in extreme conditions. They get to oh, they get very little food and creature comforts. This was how it was for us stand-ins as well. Um, we didn't see any any uh, crew. It was all just us, isolated. About twelve of us isolated in the bush. We slept in the bush in the open air on hammocks, being Kamikaze by Bugs All Night was probably my least favorite part. Uh, We had meagre rations. Water had to be gathered from the creek and boiled before drinking, and a tiny portion of it. Actually, a funny story. Uh, I remember one um, contestant uh, boiling the water and then putting it into, we had this uh, bladder with a tap on it that you poured the water into, but he forgot to let it cool down first, and so it uh, made a hole, burnt a hole in that bladder, and so we ended up having to just ladle directly from the pot. Uh, all good though, you know, I'm I'm into scouts, I love camping, that wasn't so hard, um, but uh, we also had a tiny portion of uncooked rice and uncooked kidney beans, that was what was um, meant to last us through breakfast, lunch and dinner, and funnily, when I got there, I got there as an intruder and walked in, um, some of the contestants hadn't cooked beans before and so didn't realise that it actually took a long time, and lucky I was from... Um, I've got a Nicaraguan wife, and so my mother-in-law makes beans all the time from, from when they're hard and dried, and we'll just cook them, soak them, and cook them all day, and then pour out the water and continue cooking, you know, until she makes those refried beans. But anyway, fun times. one of our final challenges, we were told nothing about it, but what they had decided to call it. For this next challenge, you will be placed inside the Wheel of Death. That was all we had to go on to decide whether we would go through with it or dip out by saying the words, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And as I said, some people decided to jump out, not too many, most of us decided to go ahead with it, but some people just couldn't imagine themselves in, you know, couldn't put themselves in a situation where they didn't know what was going on. And now I hate confined spaces. I can't even sleep with my feet under a blanket. It's weird because I used to love spelunking in my scout days. Now I decidedly hate being in tightly enclosed space. Something in my brain told me that that was exactly what I would be experiencing if I went through with participating in this challenge. Despite having limited information about what it was, this is what I was imagining. But I'm very prideful. So I switched off the part of my brain that was saying, oh, hell no, stay no. And I told myself, you know, my own risk assessment involves understanding that I'm on a highly scrutinized and well-managed TV show with consultants, secretaries, secretaries, well, probably secretaries, but security is what I meant to say, OHS officers, etc. that have all gone over and over this challenge. I am in safe hands. I kept telling myself, I am in safe hands. My heartbeat was a drum roll inside my gut churned a cyclone, but with a drought-stricken tongue, I said, sure, I'll do it. They laid me inside a tight perspex coffin, exactly as I had imagined. Not so bad though, because I could at least, it was transparent, so I could at least see out of it, but I was being constricted, and as I could barely move my arms, pretty much constrained. The next thing that they did was slide in two panels to segregate my legs from my torso and my torso from my head so one panel came in just uh, over my um, neck and the other one was just over my waist then they laid the lid on top of my transparent sarcophagus on this lid were three small sliding doors one for each section of my compartmentalized body now as i lay there in bare feet shorts a singlet and goggles which was the attire required as producers wanted exposed skin to amplify what we were about to experience The first sliding door was opened near my feet. Mud crabs were placed on top of my toes. Uh, For those that don't know what Australian mud crabs are, they're they're decent sized crabs. So, you know, you have to grab them with two hands and they've got very big claws, big pincers. Um, And they could chop your toes off if they really wanted to, I guess. Um, And my toes had decided to stop wriggling in anxiousness and they were suddenly standing at attention, frozen. I was not about to let these large crabs or give these large crabs the idea that my toes were the enemy or something to go for. Now note, after the game, we discovered that the crabs had their claws tied so that they had limited movement. Um, they couldn't actually chop our toes off, even if they tried. All we felt was their little legs running back and forth across our legs and uh, and exposed feet. And we felt a little bit of their pinching with a tiny little bit of movement that they had, just a bit of a poking sort of sensation um when you didn't know that their their claws were tied that was a little bit freakish um to that point i never wanted to be wearing a groin cup more i was wearing shorts can you imagine like i'm seriously worried that one of these crabs is going to crawl up my shorts and attack something that i did not want them to attack then the second door opened and dirt molasses and mealworms were poured all over my torso Mealworms are the larval form of the mealworm beetle. They look like a short garden worm but with harder bodies and tiny little legs that feel pinchy when they crawl over your exposed skin. With my head trapped in a position where I couldn't move from side to side, my blurred peripheral was all that I had to give me warning about what was coming next. I saw a pair of tanned leather steel cap boots stand next to my enclosed face. Then I saw a bulky hessian sack that was somehow moving in a weird, dance-like manner. Something was inside. The sliding door to my face was opened, and two pythons were gently placed on top of my nose and mouth. The challenge was to stay in that position with these creatures, making themselves at home on our flesh for five minutes. Then we had to use the limited room that we had to find a locking nut that was near our hand and awkwardly screw it onto a bolt, This action will take another few minutes and would lead to our release. Now, I get it. There are some people that are probably listening to this going, so what? I could do that in my sleep. Uh, Well, for me and for many of us, this was a totally new experience and a fairly scary experience. i had never had snakes or pythons crawling all over my face before. I had never been pretty much tied up and constrained in a perspex coffin before. Um, But I did it. I got through it. I faced my fears and not only that, but I ended up winning the challenge. The fastest five got to enjoy a banquet of Asgardian proportions rather than the meager allocation of rice and beans. Now, I'd like to think that even if I hadn't been the quickest to escape after the five minutes was up, I could still consider the fact that I completed the challenge to be a win. What is it that you fear? Do you have fears for the future? Are you concerned about job prospects? Do you fear progression? Do you feel... Um, or fear, inability to progress? Are you scared that if you return to further education you will feel overwhelmed and possibly fail wasting your time, money and efforts? Are you scared of speaking in front of a class? Do you fumble with new lesson material? Fear is normal. There is no bravery if fear is absent. Bravery is not not being scared. It is about feeling fear and going for it anyway. Fear can also save your life. Fear is often a good instinct that can stop us from doing something so dangerous that our lives are an imminent threat of being lost. So when you hear those, those uh, rah, rah motivational chants about not having any fear or that fear is for the weak or those sorts of... Just rubbish it. Screw it up. Chuck it in the bin. It is not true. Fear is okay to have. It is something that you can utilize What you don't want to do, though, is allow fear to use you. Where it is harmful is when it infiltrates the mind and stops you from doing things that aren't life-threatening but could provide great payoff. If you fear public speaking, for example, which is very common, you may miss out on networking opportunities. You may miss out on job advancements or even just giving a toast at your best mate's wedding. Maybe you dream of traveling the planet, but you fear flying that is stifling your opportunity to explore the world. If you're living with a fear that is so debilitating that you cannot function, let alone progress through life, please consider seeing a therapist. Other ways to face and conquer your fears include these two valuable tips. One, evaluate risks. Education and knowing a bit more about what is involved with a risk as you see it can help to diminish the fear. It is about creating intellectual trust. For me, while I was going into unknown territory, I relied upon my knowledge that this TV show had professional risk assessment officers, they had maintenance, they had experienced first aid officers, they had animal handlers and more who had done a lot of prep work to make sure that this was a safe exercise. Thinking back to that fear of flying example, that is damning many people's world travel plans, if that was you, you could dig into the statistics around flying you would realize that flying is an extremely low risk method of travel. For example, there's an app that has been created called Am I Going Down? That sounds pretty morbid, I admit, but it is created for those that do have a fear of flying. It calculates the likelihood of a flight going down and crashing. It takes history, the airline itself, departure, arrival, airports, and it calculates your risk of flying. An example of what you might find is this. If you were to take a flight, From London to New York on a Virgin Atlantic Airbus 330, you would have a one in 5.3 million chance of being involved in an airplane accident. So in other words, you could take that same flight every day for nearly 15,000 years before an accident happened while you were on board. Don't confuse being scared with being at risk, while at the same time, don't fear taking a risk. Second tip, create an action plan. What do you do before reaching a destination? You take a step towards that destination. What do you do before conquering or at least getting a handle on your fear? You need to take a step towards that fear. You will never ever conquer a fear by taking a step away from it. I've talked in other blog posts about working at a large and popular water park in Queensland. I lost track of how many times a person, children, and adults would get to the top of a ride and start to freak out. With the right coaxing, I could usually get them to get on the slide and go for a ride. Get on the slide and go for a ride. thats a song. What is it? Someone tell me. What is also hard to count is the amount of times that same scared person would then be back for more. They would face their fears and they would find enjoyment in the thrill. Facing their fears helps them to have a more enjoyable ride than if they had never taken that first step through the park gates, then taking the next step into the ride's queue, then taking the next step sitting into the ride. Action plans are about moving forward. Now, the fear won't always diminish as you get closer to what is feared. In fact, often it can get even more intense the closer you get. But if you wait for the anxiety and worry to simmer down, you will never, ever confront the dread an action plan followed will help you to stay the course. There is one way to diminish some fears and VeryWellMind.com talks about creating an action plan by creating what's called a fear hierarchy. It is basically saying that you start with small steps that knock off one portion of the fear at a time. They give the example of public speaking and using what is called exposure therapy, where expose yourself to a little bit of the fear um, bit by bit. They share a list of steps that can help you to beat the public speaking demon. So using public speaking as an example, I'll give you their seven steps so that you can get an idea and maybe emulate it for other fears that you have. One, stand in front of a mirror and give a two-minute talk. Anyone can do that. Two, record yourself giving a talk and then watch it back. Three, practice the talk in front of a partner. Four, practice the talk in front of a partner and a family member. Five, Practice it in front of a partner, family member, and one friend. Six, add another friend. And then seven, give the talk in a meeting at work. What is showing great promise as well as the utilization of virtual reality to overcome fears? You can load up a scenario where you are facing and getting involved with your fears in a space where you can remind yourself that it is all fake. However you decide to face your fears, know that by doing so, you will live a much richer life. You will gain in knowledge and experience. You will make new friends. You will have adventures and bring home great stories to tell. You will become a more complete person. To quote the Lizard King himself, the bewitching poet and Thor's frontman Jim Morrison, expose yourself to your deepest fear and after that fear has no power and the fear of freedom shrinks and vanishes. You are free. Thank you for listening today. My name is Nate Hammond. Qualify Now have the experienced trainers who have seen it all and can confidently guide you down the path necessary to help you to achieve a qualification that can boost your job prospects, advance promotion opportunities, add value to your organization, and more. So contact them now to achieve your TAE 40116 Certificate 4 in Training and Assessment. Music has been provided by Dragon Chromatic